Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Divorced Girl Smiling Podcast. My name is Jackie Pillisoff, and I'm your host. I am the founder of Divorced Girl Smiling, the company that offers people facing divorce, trusted, vetted divorce professionals, a podcast, a website, a mobile app, and a lot more. So every divorce is unique, and people get divorce for all different reasons. But when the divorce is being caused because of an affair, the dynamics change. And that's what I want to talk about today. Advice for divorce after an affair. And I'm here with divorce attorney Catherine Miller, who is also a certified mediator and a collaborative divorce professional and an expert in this area. So Catherine, thanks so much for joining me. Oh, it's my pleasure, Jackie. And Catherine, you've been a divorce attorney for over 30 years. Tell me, when people come to you and they're getting divorced, what's different about someone who says, I'm getting divorced because my husband or wife had an affair? What, what's going on at that point? Well, usually it means that the emotions are running a lot higher uh, because there's a whole sense of betrayal or intimate betrayal that may or may not exist in a different kind of situation where somebody has made a decision to get divorced for a different reason, or growing apart or whatever. And oftentimes people come in to see a divorce attorney, me or somebody else, like right away after having found that out. And so oftentimes there's a lot of upset and, and emotion that's kind of just really fresh and present for them that's a little bit different usually than when somebody's been thinking about it for a long time. And, you know, let me just back up again and say not everybody who discovers an affair or an infidelity in their relationship decides to get divorced. You know, for some people it's the bottom line. You know, like that's the, you know, that's the one thing I could just never forgive. And other people uh, actually do try to work on the marriage because oftentimes an affair is really a symptom of something that's gone awry in the relationship and has been, that symptom has been there for a long time. And the person who uh, steps out of the marriage and has a relationship with somebody else is, is looking for something else or is acting out because of something going on in his or her life or that something that's happening in the marriage. So sometimes it's just a wake-up call, listen, we need to pay some more attention, and other times it's the death knell to the marriage. Well, and that is so true what you said. It's a knee-jerk reaction to you find out your spouse is cheating or had an affair and you run to a divorce attorney. And I bet you you're going to tell me, tell me if this is true, that a lot of people come see you and then they decide to give their marriage another chance. And, well, maybe I rushed into this. I'm going to see what happens. And then maybe they either end up coming back to you or they work it out. I would think most of the time they would come back, though. Yeah. I mean, you know, going to see a divorce lawyer is a pretty strong statement to make it's you know it's scary for a lot of people to make an appointment with a lawyer in the first place and once you take make that step but finding out that your spouse is having an affair is the kind of thing that might trigger you to do that and you know it's not a bad idea jackie to go to talk to a divorce lawyer and understand what your rights and obligations are what divorce might look like in your circumstances so that you go into the decision i'm going to pull the trigger on my marriage or i'm not going to pull the trigger on my marriage i'm going to work on a little bit harder that you 
know what you're talking about instead of in a fantasy land. Well, I'm going to get you for this and I'm going to get you for that. Because, you know, the truth of the matter is, is that while adultery is very upsetting for both people, actually, I think, um, but obviously much, you know, pretty upsetting to learn that your spouse is having an affair, there are most of states, and certainly in New York and Connecticut and most states in the Northeast, uh, are really don't treat adultery as um, with as much seriousness as the person who's just learned about it might. You know, there's there's very little punishment that happens. Now that's not totally true. There are states that consider adultery in in making a, a alimony award. They might make a decision. It might impact the distribution of assets. But in most states, uh, it's just not going to be considered by the courts or by the law as seriously as it is emotionally. So when they say such and such is a no-fault state, that means that having an affair, adultery, is not punishable. Well, you know, that not exactly, because every state now has no-fault laws. New York was one of the last ones to fall and, and, to, and to create a, a no-fault statute. It means that you don't have to – we have to distinguish having a grounds for divorce, right? So it used to be that adultery was grounds for divorce. It would give you the right to get divorced if your spouse was having an affair and you could prove it, although that wasn't that easy to do. You know, now you don't need to prove something like that in order to get divorced, but it might impact what the financial settlement is. Now, it, in New York, it doesn't. In most states, it doesn't. In, in North Carolina, for example, it does have an impact on, on, on maintenance, on, on alimony. Uh, and so, you know, there are states in which it will impact the financial settlement, but most states not. Hmm. I did not know that. So I liked what you said about getting a, a consult with an attorney. So what I want to say to my listeners is if you're listening to this and you are thinking of getting divorced, if somebody found out about an affair, and obviously you're devastated and upset and shocked and all those feelings, while you might feel like, oh, I, I don't want to run to an attorney it's a good idea just to get the information. So going to have a consult with a divorce attorney is not, you don't have to get divorced if you go to one. But as Catherine said, it's great to just get the knowledge, learn, get educated, become empowered so that you know what your options are if things start to get worse. You know, you might try to reconcile and work it out but then maybe you'll be like no I just can't do this and you'll already be one step ahead because you kind of know a little bit more about what to expect don't you think Catherine a hundred percent and honestly you know a couple of things if you are if there's a listener out there actually having an affair and has not been discovered probably a good idea for you also to go to talk to a divorce attorney and, and see you know, what happens if you get caught see what happens if you decide you want to end your marriage because, you know, that's not really a good sign for, for your marriage. That's one thing. And another thing, I know a lot of your listeners are women, Jackie. You know, the statistics show that actually women are more likely to have an affair than men. And, Is and that so, true? 
Yes, that is true. Wow. I mean, more maybe not more likely, but more women have affairs than men, and and more wives. And and so I want to make sure that your listeners are aware that you know if you're out there and and you're having a relationship with somebody else, whether or not it's a physical relationship or an affair of the heart, and and you are in a much better place to make sure you've got your ducks in a row and get your consultation ahead of time so you can sort of help to position your life so you don't end up just getting caught and then having to deal with all of that reaction. Does that make sense to you, Jackie? That is such great advice, and I did not know that more women had affairs than men. I I had no idea, but that is wonderful. Yeah, I mean, the statistics also show that the happiest people are married men and, and single women. So it's not that surprising. <laughs> I just love it. You're listening to the Divorce Girl Smiling Podcast with Jackie Pilisoff. I'm here with divorce attorney, Catherine Miller. Catherine is the founder of Miller Law Group based in New York and Connecticut. And we're talking about advice for divorce after an affair. We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about how to deal with divorce after an affair and what goes on in that case during the legal process. We'll be right back. Every divorce is filled with heartbreak, pain, sadness, fear, anxiety, anger, and so many other difficult emotions. And what I'm saying to you is you don't have to go through this alone. Wondering what a divorce coach does? A divorce coach is a trained professional who acts as a source of support for you, encourages you, and inspires you. A divorce coach helps you through the process with things like co-parenting, talking to your kids about the divorce, dealing with your ex, managing anger, and making good decisions about things like your house, assets. They help you understand the divorce process they help you with finances, dating, and so much more. And if you're looking for a divorce coach, I would highly recommend Holly Herzog. She's a therapist and a divorce coach who works with clients all over the U.S. She offers one-on-one -on -one coaching and group coaching sessions. Holly also wrote the online e-course called Stagger, Stumble, and Stand, which is designed to help people getting divorced through the first few months. So you can find Holly and more information on her course at graceuntethered.com. And you can also find her in the trusted partner section of Divorced Girl Smiling. I also want to recommend divorce mediators, Ellen Feldman and Brian James. They are a team who have been mediating divorces since 2007. And they work with clients in Illinois and Wisconsin. I've personally known them for over 10 years. They're so dedicated to the profession, passionate, and really offer so much experience and enthusiasm for the process. They really do. I just love them. You can find Ellen and Brian at celandassociates.com or again in the trusted partner section of Divorced Girl Smiling. Welcome back to the Divorced Girl Smiling Podcast with Jackie Pillisoff. I'm here with my guest, Catherine Miller, divorce attorney, certified mediator, and collaborative divorce professional. And today we're talking about advice for divorce after an affair. I have a question for you, Catherine, about 
how is it during the divorce? Like, let's say they come see you, they get a consult, the divorce is moving forward. How does that differ? And what advice do you have for getting divorced and having a good outcome if your divorce is because of an affair? Yeah, so I, mean, I think that you have to pay attention to the emotional content because while the emotions might not be relevant from a legal perspective, they are absolutely relevant from the negotiation perspective, right? And so when you have an affair, one person often feels guilty, you know, and ashamed that, that he or she uh, left a marriage or, or got caught or whatever it is. And, and, and the other person might feel very angry and very vengeful. You know, it's easy to remember, to forget that the affair comes out of a problem in the relationship because most people don't just have affairs just because it came across the, their, their sort of radar as the possibility. And most people do it, as we were talking about earlier, because there's something wrong in the relationship. But in any event, that sort of goes out the window. One person's at fault. One person is angry, and so, uh, you know, from the first perspective of the negotiation, uh, it's, it's important to, if you're either one of those people, to really sort of think through what your feelings are and try to separate them out. So sometimes the person who has had the affair doesn't want to end the marriage, and it's the person who has found out about the affair that wants to end the marriage, and so sometimes there'll be some in trying to negotiate the deal to try to make the deal particularly generous to try to attract them back. Well, it's not gonna work. That's never gonna work. You wanna separate out the, what, your feelings of guilt from the actual negotiation. On the other side of that very same coin, you definitely wanna separate out your feelings of anger and desire for revenge from the actual negotiation. You know, a friend of mine has an expression where she says, Pigs get fed, hogs get slaughtered. You know, there gets to a point where you like you ask for too much, you just go too far, and all you're going to do is just piss the other person and have them just pull all the goodies off the table in the negotiation. So really trying to separate out. You're not going to feel better because you got more money. You're not going to feel like you punish them with the, with the negotiation. You punish them by not letting them see the children. That punishes your children. You really have to think about what the uh, what the financial settlement is, what the custody arrangement is, really in the best interest of your family, and, and deal with the feelings in therapy or in coaching in a way that's more appropriate than bringing them into the negotiation. For one thing, if you keep doing that, your legal fees are going to go through the roof because your lawyer is only a lawyer. Okay, now you are right, but I'm sure you've seen this. When people come into this, when there's an affair, the reason they do all those things, ask for unrealistic things and no, that's not enough, is because they're so hurt that their judgment is clouded and they cannot get past the emotion. And you're right, all they wanna do is punish and get as much as they possibly can because they think that's gonna make them feel better. And you're right, it, no matter how much it is, it's not gonna make them feel better. But I will say this, and tell me if you agree with this, Catherine. I had a friend whose husband cheated and he felt really guilty at the beginning. And her lawyer said to her, 
let's settle as soon as possible because he felt so completely agree and he was willing to give her so much and i think that you have like 90 days before the person who cheated starts feeling like well wait a minute maybe i don't feel bad and they sort of shift into this mode of like well i did what i had to do and i'm happy and she did this and they start resenting and then they start saying well my ex-wife's psycho and she wants all this stuff so you gotta get them when they're still feeling guilty absolutely from the point of view of negotiating from the uh the the cuckolded spouse it is absolutely right that from a negotiation perspective from the from the psychology of the negotiation it is better to get the deal done sooner rather than later because that guilt effect is going to wear off after a few months you're right and it's going to be replaced by anger so it's going to be replaced by saying listen i might have had an affair but it was all your fault and and that and 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 so it there's a the flip side to that coin is to be even go from being a sort of generous generous in the spirit of of guilt right to stingy in in a place of anger absolutely so i have another question do you have any advice for somebody who is going through a divorce because of an affair how do you get emotional help what are your suggestions because if you get emotional help you're going to get a better divorce outcome right so what what are some things someone can do well i think it's really important to get divorce coaching or to go into therapy and and to, to find a place to uh, to express those feelings and process those feelings you know i think a lot of times people feel underneath it a little bit guilty or like somehow or other maybe it was their fault that their spouse had an affair and you know that needs and that's just going to if you don't process that express itself as additional anger and depression honestly and if you can join a support group for people i think like that's really a helpful thing too like find a healthy place to express those feelings and and also it's really important to make sure you keep getting exercise i mean that might sound like completely irrelevant but i think that if you are able to just go out for a walk or go to the gym or play tennis or golf or whatever it is that you do make sure you keep doing that because it's really important that you are able to uh, have your body have some healthy exercise and the serotonin that comes from that will re- really make you feel better and that's if, if you do feel like overly anxious or you know or feeling like you just can't deal with the depression then you know getting some short-term psychiatric medic- medical care can also make a big difference so I am going to come out of the closet and say that I have been on anti-anxiety meds a couple times in my life And I wish that one of those times would have been during my divorce because I was too proud and I was like, no, I'm not going on medication. And what I want to tell people is it for what I did go on it for, it was a humongous game changer in my life. And a lot of this stuff is hormonal and it's out of your control. And it's like almost like short term anxiety or what do they call it? Um, Situational depression. And so you might need it for a little while. There's no shame in it. And also you could get on medication and then also do these other things like walking and yoga. You could do both. And really, you you should do both. 
just because you're on medication, you should still do something physical with your body. I mean, because you, you, you know, you, I mean, ideally, wouldn't be on medication for that long just to help you through that situational period. There is no shame in it. You're going through one of the most stressful things anyone can go through, and to deal with it in a way that allows you to maintain more equanimity and really show up better for your kids makes a lot of sense. The way you would treat any other illness that you had for a short-term period. Absolutely. So we only have time for one more question, but it's a really important one. You wrote an article a while ago, and we did a podcast, a whole podcast on how to deal with anger and rage during divorce. So do you have any tips on how to deal with this if, if you're going through a divorce because of an affair? How do you cope with the anger and the rage that you're probably feeling? Yeah, I mean, some of the things we've already talked about, find a place to talk about it. Find some other people. Do not share it with your children. You know, a lot of times people say, you know, I feel like I'm lying to my children because I'm not telling them that their father is having an affair and that this marriage is over because of that. You know, like they don't need to know that. And it, you're, you're doing a job of protecting your children and as the way you protect them from other things they don't need to know about in their lives. And, and so, uh, and you know, just some of these other things that we've been talking about, coaching, groups, talking to your friends, uh, especially friends who aren't going to say anything to your kids mm -hmm. and, and dealing with it, you know, in those ways, finding a creative outlet, you know, something to do that is not to, to perseverate and think about it all the time. And also journaling. So, I mean, journaling I know I'm a well. writer, so that was easy for me, but I think anyone take out a computer and just start typing out your feelings really quickly and just like get all your anger out and then just save it. Don't send it to anybody, just save it. And just, you'll feel so cleansed and validated. Like somebody just heard you because what you did is you typed it out. So you got it out. Or even if you write it out, you have like an old fashioned diary right. journal, you know, and you just write it out. Yes, you can do that really, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And a couple other things you wrote are scream it out, primal scream therapy. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. It sounds kind of funny, but it sounds really like it makes a lot of sense. It does. And, you know, it really works. I mean, if you're really, really angry and you really just find some way to just let it out, like let it out of your body with, with like screaming, like without holding back. Like that is a huge release. And then a couple other things you wrote are take deep breaths, practice mindfulness, and of course get professional help. Catherine, you're always so knowledgeable when it comes to these things. You bring so much wonderful experience and also compassion. And I was going to tell you this after the podcast, but I want my listeners to hear this too. I was talking to this woman and I'm trying to think of who it was because I have a lot of meetings during my week, but somebody said, oh, Catherine Miller's on your site. My, she was my friend's divorce attorney and she was amazing. Like the girl was going on and on about you. <laughs> so <laughs> I really wanted my listeners to hear that. And I'll try to think of who it was and tell you when I think. But thank you so much for taking time and being on the podcast. It's my pleasure. It's always a lot of fun, Jackie. And to my listeners, if you want to find Catherine or call her for a consultation, you can go to miller-law.com or you can find her in the Trusted Partners section of Divorce Girl Smiling. And if you want to find other divorce professionals or listen to more podcasts, 
or read articles or download my mobile app, you can go to divorcedgirlsmiling.com. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. We'll talk to you real soon.